0: Hello everyone, and welcome to Tales from the Pod Crypt Season 2 Premiere. We're here, after a long wait, we're finally back. And we're back to here talk, talk about some Tales from the Crypt with frequent guest from Mint Kiddish Productions and Meteor King, Scott Yoakum.
1: Hey Wade, thanks for having me back. I'm surprised uh, after the last episode I did, I'm surprised how you came back for this. Because yeah. I have I I can't help but feel like, man I feel like everybody else got all the good episodes didn't they? You got Dude that cat. I did, and that was a great episode.
0: Yeah, but yeah, got collection complete, and then you get you get you got the season finale, but you also got the season premiere of right. season two, the longest season of Tales from the Crypt history. Which you know, I, it, I'll say this, and. You know, I hope I can make myself clear
1: as we go go further. This was definitely a step up, in my opinion, from Collection Completed. I thought that episode was just wholeheartedly just bad. Like, it, I think I said in the review before, I felt like it was one of those things where usually a, a, a short, or, a, yeah, a, a short needs to be longer to get its point across, And I think this was definitely an example of a short that needed to be a full length, or at least maybe like an like maybe a double length episode. Not obviously not a full hour because you know they still got to make time for the Crypt Keeper and whatnot. Because it's HBO, so there weren't commercials. Um, It's not TV, but HBO. And honestly, I feel like this episode is an example of that, but to a lesser extent. That one I thought was completely like it made no fucking sense for the most part. Like, it just felt kind of like, you know, we gotta, you know, we gotta do this, this, and this before the show's over. This one I felt like had a better pace and could have worked as a short, better as a short, which it was. But I thought there were a couple things that me personally, you know, I have, I have my gripes with this episode, but for the most part it was okay.
0: Yeah. Um, so as we dive in to this episode it's based on an issue of shock suspense stories this is the first shock suspend stories right Over the shock suspense stories number six but also some of the story was taken from Valdahar number 25
1: right and also uh, a fun f- piece of information that I discovered in my uh, research for this episode uh, I discovered that uh, this episode dead right, uh, there's an episode later on in season three, I believe, called Abracadaver. Yes. That episode the, is based off the Tales from the Crypt story, also called Dead Right. Yeah. But they had to change the title as to not confuse people, apparently. That's the best reasoning I can find. I can't find any reasoning for
0: it other than... Abracadabra, maybe one of my the, favorite episodes of Tales from the Crypt. And it's I'll got, bet you just, I don't get it. It's got bow bridges. Again, I bet you I don't get that one, because that sounds like fun. Yeah. Psych, uh, so, like, this one's fun. Uh, so This, this episode was, wasn't fun. It was just fine. This episode uh, aired, it premiered on April 21st, 1990. I was... You were a couple, like two weeks old, maybe? I was I was, in the, I was like in the eight days old, I think. Oh, you weren't even two weeks old. You were like barely a week. I mean, we're good at math, I swear. Uh, it's directed by Howard Deutsch, who... Um, who did a previous episode on season one, only skin deep, which I didn't get because again, I start, I only get the, I don't get the good episodes. Will you stop that? (laughs) Um, he directed pretty in pink and some kind of wonderful. Hey, nothing wrong with pretty. And he's also married to Leah Thompson. Good on him. He's a good man. And can I just say, she still got it. I don't mind saying. We mentioned, me and Gary mentioned that uh, on the, uh, episode four. Of season one we mentioned that with only skin d that she still looks great for her age especially, uh, uh, especially no for
1: her age
0: especially no, especially because in that episode her she her face ages rapidly yeah so she definitely looks better than she did with the age makeup it's
1: it's it's funny because like in that episode she probably looks older like, she's probably at the age now that she was probably supposed to look in that
0: episode. And Back to the Future.
1: And looks completely unlike it at all. Yeah, and Back to the Future. Yeah. And Back
0: to the Future. I mean, were saying, like, she's part one cur- and two. She's cursed with, like, knowing when she's going to look, like, old and stuff like that. And then, there, But 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 we don't, because because she doesn't look anything like it. She looks That's much true. better. Yeah.
1: So good on her. Uh,
0: and it was the screenplay from Andy Wolk. We'll get more into him later because he directs a few episodes in oh, the future. Okay. So we'll get more. He's mostly does television writing at this point. So there's right. that, and
1: and this is kind of a good spot if you're like trying to branch at at this time period and you know in the world. It's probably a good place to start if you're trying to branch out into film because it's like you get you've got the film production, but you still got like the television like the time limit, the the so, some of the um, budget. You know, I mean, obviously higher budget, but not a huge, probably not a
0: huge budget. Yeah. And as we talked about the the behind-the-scenes people, we got to talk about the two main actors in this film. Right. This film, this uh, this episode. Uh, Demi Moore plays Kathy. Uh, Demi Moore is coming off uh, St. Elmo's Fire. St. Elmo's Fire. And also one of my personal favorites, One Crazy Summer, by Savage Steve Holland. Was, um not uh was
1: no I don't think GI Jane happened yet
0: uh, I don't and, and, so no.
1: and Striptease and no Striptease business. was like,
0: was like mid 90s okay yeah
1: okay um
0: because I I don't
1: have a really good when it comes to her like her moment in the sun I'll say this I I don't have a timetable on that uh,
0: right after this episode this episode aired no not right after but like the same around the same, time, around the same time. time the next thing that came out with her name on it was ghost Ooh. yeah Oh,
1: man. Could you imagine if they got Demi Moore after Ghost? Yeah. Or even if this episode itself aired after Ghost. Yes. Imagine how huge, how much more huge that could have been for the show. Now,
0: Scott, can you guess what movie came out after Ghost for Demi Moore? For Demi Moore? Yeah. Was it Nothing But Trouble? Yep, it was. So you get get this big old like oh ghosts, and then you get this Dan Aykroyd directed film that's I personally like. But I understand. And you know what? You know what? Now that you mentioned
1: she came off a ghost with that, I'm kind of wondering was that intentional? While while nothing but trouble isn't very isn't in itself supernatural or not overtly supernatural at least because they kind of give you the this vibe or at least. They definitely put it in your head that, like... Dan Aykroyd's, like, 100 years old. Yeah, like, he's a zombie and shit. Like, Yeah, yeah, I mean, theoretically, he could just be, like, you know... He just could just do, like, shit... You know, like, replace his heart or whatever the fuck. Um, (laughs) But, coming off of Ghost... So, you got that supernatural thing going on with Ghost. Do you think, in a weird way, her doing that movie was kind of like a... Riding the "quote unquote" ghost train into this like pseudo supernatural no. pseudo horror. See, I think it could have been for it to be for to be like you know the two like darker
0: kind of movies back to back. To be more, if listening, contact us, please. She, she's never gonna contact us. No. Another, I wish, another, I wish another, she would though. Another person that won't be contacting us is Jeffrey Tambor. Well, yeah, because he's
1: probably in prison for being a fucking sex offender
0: yeah there's a whole lot of stuff we're not gonna get into it and you know what we're only gonna judge jeffrey Tambor for this 19 like 1990 early 1989 and you know what we'll talk about that because i don't we don't want to get into any negative shit and you know what
1: not intentionally not i did not watch it this way like um consciously but i wonder if subconsciously part of why i didn't much care for particularly his character was that like maybe i was like subconsciously like i know he's a creep in real life so maybe i was low-key like projecting it but i mean his character was a creep so i mean it wasn't when the creepy apple didn't fall far from the creepy tree when it came from art imitating life
0: anyway he plays charlie Marnow. Before this he's mostly done like Hell Street Blues, LA Law. He was kind of like a um
1: like a, like a TV character actor. Yeah. It was like if you needed him like if you needed him for like, you know, some kind of like I would say like not diplomatic, but like if you need like if you need him to play a a, a no name detective, or you need him to a play a te- ca- a utility, utility. character. Yeah. If you need him to play like a teacher or something, that was kind of his shtick for a while. Yeah. Uh, he was also in a favorite movie of ours, Heavyweights. He is. He is the dad. He is the dad who did not send his son to Kokar camp. Yeah, um, he, he did l- some other stuff. He
0: would later. I mean, he, he got. He got I a lot. Of, he got a lot of words for transparent. He also. I know him from uh, Arrested Development. He plays George and Oscar Bluth, the twin brothers. Hey, I know him from it. That doesn't mean I like him from it. So i have been mostly looking. At, like I mostly I, in my brain, I know like something. Some shady stuff's going on with him in the past few years but in my brain he's always George Bluth in my it's like it I it that
1: even though I didn't watch the show I I think of him yeah. more of that character sometimes I think of him as the dad from heavyweights if he has facial hair yeah um but um and then uh who I the, could, the
0: other characters we'll get into
1: why well, I, I was going to say I was trying to remember because I know the woman who played the um the fortune teller is relatively, like, it, like similar to Jeffrey Tambor at the
0: time. Yeah, we'll get to it. I ha- I have it all in my notes here. It's called Segways. Anyway. Wait, you have notes? When the fuck do we start doing notes at Mink and Dish? Is this new? Is this a new concept? Anyway, <laughs> this season two premiere has just gone off the rails. We got to talk about nothing but trouble, sex offenders. Oh, it's going all crazy. Anyway, let's get into the episode.
1: Let's 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 do that. The
0: synopsis is: For the money, honey, a gold digger marries a slob in hopes of gaining an inheritance. <gasps> what? Anyway, <laughs> and as we do, we're doing it. this is season two. We're popping it off with our first opening segment: dramatic reading of the Crypt keeper.
1: Right.
0: He's at he's got his little bandana on. he's got a crystal ball. That's the scene. I'm setting the scene. I
1: really did love his little bandana. Yes. He kinda he kinda looked like Hulk Hogan now.
0: I look into the future, my darlings, and for you I see something grotesque. It will sicken and disgust you. It's me Tonight's tale of sickening stab at suspense about a gold digger. Who wanted some big bucks to buy a Bubbles and bangles? Look out, Kathy. I see you might just buy the big one. That's probably my best dramatic reading. I
1: was going to say, since when was the Crypt Keeper voiced by the old guy from The Wedding Singer? I was doing like Adam West a little bit there. Towards the end, yes, but it started out. I was just imagining the Crypt
0: Keeper would be like, oh, I used to be a lot stronger. Anyway, so we start the episode... You ready? Yes. Okay, we're starting. Um, Demi Moore is Kathy. She's walking with some sass on the streets. Right. And then she goes to the fortune teller. I mean, she's got some swagger. She meets Madame Vorna, played by I'm Going to Butcher This Name.
1: Hold on. Hold on. Before we go any further, before Wade potentially mur- uh, murders this woman's name, let me pull it up so that I can hopefully uh, fill in the blanks for him.
0: Go for it. Natalija Nogulich? I believe it's Natalia Nogulich. Okay. There you go. Uh basically she got her she she also got her star on TV shows and TV movies. Right. Uh, she's mostly known for Elena Nechev from uh, TNG. Star Trek and TNG.
1: And she was also in a little movie called National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Well, who should she play? She was Mrs. Shirley. I'm trying to think who
0: that was. Or uh... Yeah, the, uh... His boss's wife. Oh, yes! Yeah. Yes! Oh, my God. Yeah. I, more, I think I've seen that movie more than you have, and I don't remember that. Nah, I remember her. Um, she's married to, um... She's oh, married to, Murray. uh,
1: Brian, uh... Brian
0: Murphy. Uh, Murray. Murray.
1: Brian Mur- Doyle Mur- Murray.
0: We know things, audience. We know things. This is the first episode. I, could, I
1: always with him. I always forget if
0: it's Murray Doyle or Doyle Murray. Well, he's right to Bill Murray. That doesn't mean anything. Yeah, Bill Doyle Murray. Anyway, uh, we learn that she, um, you know, Madame Borma and uh, her little doggy. Forget the doggy's name. Um, it's like Borchif or something like that. Um... We learn that, you know, that Kathy is a secretary and she secretly wants to be a gold digger. She's not looking for Mr. Right. she's looking for Mr. Rich. Um, Too bad Richie
1: Rich is only a child.
0: Yeah. Basically we, I noticed that we like we really start this episode on the just on the tracks. Like we're going.
1: Yeah, this this the episode definitely there was no there's no like build up to the top of the roller coaster. We are we just start at the top of the roller coaster.
0: Yeah. And, um, basically we're going to go through most of this beginning because there's a lot of talking and Demi me I don't believe you. And then it's usual, it's usual fortune teller stuff where the fortune
1: teller gives a fortune. The person getting said fortune doesn't believe it. And then something they predict comes true. So now they believe
0: basically she'll predict that, uh, Kathy will lose her job today, but quickly we'll find a new one. And Kathy's like, nah, and she leaves, but there's a great transition here where she's at the fortune teller office and the camera's on her feet and she walks out the door and she ends up in the office. Right, Great little transition. I did like that. Like That's
1: one thing I definitely give this episode credit for. From a technical aspect, I like this episode. I think they they tried a lot of really cool stuff and some of it worked and some of it didn't. But the stuff that didn't, I just think it was just kind of like they tried it and it was just... Okay, move on. Not anything, not anything like yeah. bad or wrong.
0: But then we meet her co-worker Sally, played by uh, Kate Hidge. She, um, before this, she's mostly known for Leatherface, Texas Chainsaw Massacre Three.: Oh, she plays Michelle. You know what's messed up? I've seen it. I've seen that movie like a long time ago I don't remember. It. You know what the messed up part about that is?
1: If it wasn't for Lord of the Rings, the same thing could be said about Vigo Mortison. Oh, He was Leatherface. Oh my God. I believe. I know he was in it, if nothing else. I know he was
0: in it. Just stop at Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2, guys. Uh, stop there. Well, anyway, depending who you're talking
1: to. Some people would say just the first one. I like 2. I great. 2 great. Gonna... I hated it at first because I didn't get it. But then once you get it... a hot
0: take. I like the second one more than the original.
1: I've seen the second one more both than the original. Both are
0: great films. Both are great films, but it's like neck and neck. I think the second one's a little fun. Because it's it crazy at the end. I, like I that. think I
1: think the problem with one is you got to be in a mood. Whereas yeah. two, you can put on more willy nilly.
0: That's just me. There was that's an unrelieved uh, sidetrack. I was watching um in the Search of Darkness two, um, and there's like a section about like unwritten movies that you know were in production hell. Right. There was a, the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre three. It was supposed to be the family goes to New York, and Chop Top is a DJ. And Leatherface is like, uh like, cleans up like plants and stuff like that. Like, like a gardener. A gardener, yeah. And of course, um, the grandfather forget his name, uh, or not the grandfather, the father forget his name. Don't worry about it. It basically has a barbecue, um, food truck. Okay. Because you know humans. Anyway, back to the... could have been like I. It definitely could have been better than what we got. Yeah. Back to the back to the show. Oh yeah, attached from the Crypt. I think uh-huh. we're I think we're talking about that. Yeah, and then we meet her boss. I think his name was Hurley. He's played by Earl Bean. You may not know the name, but you've seen him. Yeah, he play Silverman in The Terminator. Not just that, but I mean, he, he's
1: he been on so many TV shows. Oh, yes. It's not just like little bit parts, like, you've seen him around. Yeah. Like, he's just got that face. Like, go on IMDb right now or Wikipedia or whatever, Google that name that Wade just gave you, Earl and Bean. trust, what was it? Earl Bean. Earl Bean. And I guarantee you, the first thing you're gonna say is, "Oh,
0: him! Yeah. I know that guy." But to Kathy, he's an asshole. He's her asshole boss, and uh, he came home early, and uh, basically she gets fired for being 25 minutes past her lunch. And oh, it's because Madame Borma's like clock, clock was, was slow. slow. Yeah, yeah. It's almost like she knew. It was, it's almost like she saw the future there. You just blew my mind. Yeah. I didn't think about that.
1: I didn't like, know, what that did is, she
0: set her up? Oh my god! So that means like, does she see the future of like what kind of con she can do? That's weird. We're getting into some if weird you th- show thing. No, she conned a con man. Oh shoot! Or con woman, whatever.
1: Yeah. Also, here's the funny thing about her boss being the an asshole, right? Yeah. The funny thing is, is we just she just says he's an asshole. But we really don't have any reason to believe he's an asshole other than she said it and then he fired her. Yep. Now you could argue because we don't know if she did anything else. Yeah, he's an asshole for firing her for being almost a half hour late. I've been a half hour late and I've never gotten fired.
0: It also probably has something to do with like the fact that this this sh- this episode takes place in the 50s which that I didn't realize that until we get to the strip club which we're about to segue there so and
1: yeah. where he's like you know miss miss nude so and so 1948 and I thought like they're going to bring out this old lady <laughs> and I didn't realize like oh this takes place in like the fifth the late 40s early 50s there's a hitler joke there was a hitler joke but i mean people make hitler jokes to this day but it's like fresh off because of the 50s. true but which again knowing once i figured that out
0: Yes. anyway, she's walking down. We'll get to the strip club. She's walking down. Right. And a waitress gets kicked out of the strip club by Al, who's played by Troy Evans. And Troy Evans is known for roles in Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas and Near Dark. But others might know him from... He was the high school principal in Twin Peaks for that one episode. He basically gives the announcement, Laura Palmer is dead to his high school students and everyone's crying. Even him, he has a good performance. Most
1: people. I use quotation fingers. Most people are gonna remember him as oh hey, he was that guy on that one show because like the other guy, yeah. he's one well, of he's those in a lot of He's stuff. one of those dudes that just pops up on shows as an extra. Like I couldn't write
0: could, down I couldn't write down all the notes. Like, like what reason. was his name? Uh, it's Troy Evans.
1: Yeah. Search Troy Evans on Google and I guarantee you, like uh Earl Bean, you might you want, will say that you, as well. You might
0: wanna type in Troy Evans. Twin Peaks, or Tales from the Crypt, because Troy Evans is probably a common name. Or maybe just Google. Actor. Actor, there you go. Because
1: if, if you do that, you're just going to find
0: those specific things, but if you want to find out the
1: other things... It'll lead you, you know. to the
0: IMDb, that's my point. Anyway. Well, then couldn't they search it on IMDb? People listen to this show, you guys are smart, you'll figure it out. Uh, and then she basically is like, you'll never replace me! And then Demi Moore passes by, he says, hey, you want a job? And replaces her. Okay. Honestly, he's the nicest person in this whole yes. episode. By default, and then now we're in the strip club, and Miss Nebraska, nineteen forty-seven, Nebraska, gets that on the a... stage, and she's taking up her tassels and stuff. A lot, a lot of people chat. Oh wait, 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 No, she was the one
1: that fir- that was already performing when we cut to it. The one I'm thinking of was after
0: her. That's the, that's after. There, there's okay. someone before that, yeah. uh, but I'm just oh, she through. was okay, so she wasn't named. Okay. And then Demi Moore is a waitress, and uh, she's not. So she's not a dancer. She's a waitress, there. right? And uh, she meets. She'll become a, a dancer later in life. Give it a few years. So, oh, oh, that's funny. I thought you were making a joke because she dances with the the Jeffrey Tanvers' character. No, she did striptease. That's a good. That's a, that was a good little pull there. Anyway, I I, 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 I do one every once in a while. Uh, so she meets Charlie Marno We don't know his name yet. Right. He gets a good introduction later. Good in quotations. Right. And, There's nothing uh, good about this. She's episode. making jokes about him, but there is an error here in this one joke she makes. Basically, she she tells Al that he's big enough to have his own zip code. I did not know this. Code. Code. I did not know this, but this takes place in the 50s, and zip codes weren't a thing till the 60s. Oh, oh no! We have
1: a time paradox. Yes. Oh, no. This Nebraska
0: 47 was actually born in
1: 1984. Oh, no. No, 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 no.
0: She was born in the 70s. Oh, this no. Is, if this is still in the 90s, she is now from
1: 1974. No. No, what have we done? What have we done? It's like, it's like metal, it's like sinking her when you, ki- when you kill the wrong person because they're supposed to be
0: alive. Did you know that Troy Marno was in a fat suit? Too bad this is, this is an audio podcast. Your face right now. What? <laughs> Ooh, what? Anyway, uh, no, no, th- no, 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 no.
1: You can't drop a bomb like this. I mean, you're telling me that Jeffrey Tambor would did not actually gain 500 pounds for this fucking role. No.
0: But I'll tell you this now. He does love a Rob Roy, and basically asked for a Rob Roy and a date from uh, Kathy. Now, Wade, uh, you're an alcoholic. I mean, you
1: engage in drinks. I'm kidding.
0: Yes. I'm kidding. Um, what is a Rob Roy? I don't know. I am I am going to Google it right now. We're doing live Googling. I should have known. This, I knew, I should have known you were going to ask this question. A Rob Roy. Well, that makes one of us. I forgot
1: all about the Rob Roy. Until it's a co- okay,
0: it's a cocktail consisting primarily of whiskey and vermouth. Vermouth. Vermouth, vermouth sorry. Created, if you if you watch the movie Groundhog Day, you would know that created in nineteen in eighteen ninety four by a bartender at Waldorf Astoria in Manhattan, New York City. Why do they call it a Rob Roy? Maybe it was his friend Rob Roy. Anyway, well,
1: no, I think Rob Roy like is a is a fictional character. But like, why they go with that? Kind of like when they invented the like whoever invented the Shirley Temple. Like, yeah. why is it called a Shirley Temple? So they're big fans of Shirley Temples the actress I don't think anyone's that much of a fan to name a non-alcoholic beverage after
0: the fucking animal crackers and my soup girl oh animal crackers that's funny because there's an there's animal cracker reference in this episode Wade I work in mysterious ways I'm not God but I'm pretty damn close Uh, basically Demi Moore I'm sorry Kathy responds by saying I'm not hard to get I'm impossible to get right but then she remembers she remembers she what gets, the fortune teller said she gets a realization I and mean, cool like zoom into her face then like that chimey little magic like sound effects yeah. in there yeah
1: yeah like i said visually and and like production wise this was a good episode yeah
0: marno takes a second chance because uh, she moves uh, she moves him but she okay so she's like you move me baby and she's like landmines couldn't move you and then Marno, he follows her and he, she ends up at like a, like a a mirror and he gets really close to her. and He's like extra creepy, little, yeah. little rapey looking, like he's just like cornering her. Which surprised me because if I remember, doesn't he like go to make a
1: move and she kind of like sidesteps him? Yeah. Like I really was surprised they didn't, the mirror did, like, I don't know if he hit his head. It looked like he hit his head. And I was just surprised they didn't, like, have him, like, break the mirror or something. Just looks like the mirror breaks? No, no, no. Like, he hits oh. his head on the mirror and oh. the mirror breaks. And, like, maybe he could have, like, little bits of blood or something. Yeah, but
0: this, this freaked her out. Because if you get a dramatic Dutch angle of her running in an alley and tear, for those who don't, don't know what a Dutch angle is, when the camera is not, like, bound, not straightforward, it's right. like, at an angle, most horror movies do it. I just thought it was kind of funny that they had this dramatic horror angle because some like large man like was hitting on her and see i think that's one of the another reason why this episode didn't work for me as well
1: it was shot like a horror episode but this was not a horror story
0: yeah and it i was think not that american was, horror story
1: and i think that was that was one of the things that hurts it for me like i'm sitting here thinking like oh god like you know is she gonna kill him for the inheritance money and then like he comes back to life or he haunts her in her dreams or something. I thought something like that was going to happen. And it's just like,
0: no, Yeah, we'll get, we'll get, no. It. Um, I didn't mind it. I thought it was a nice little, uh, I think it wasn't really shot that much of a horror movie. That was the only shot that's hard. In my opinion. I don't know. I felt like the lighting and the presentation
1: I thought was, very like it, it felt hard to me, maybe not to anybody else, but to me, it felt like they it was almost like they knew they were doing an episode of Tales from the Crib, so it had to look like a Tales from the Crib, okay. But when they got the script, they realized, oh, this isn't this is just like so, a story, yeah. <laughs> this um, isn't a Tales from the Crib story, this is
0: just a story. Anyway, back to uh Vorma, uh, just relaxing, and uh, basically, she confirms that. This is the right guy. Charlie Marno's the guy. And to not to worry and have an animal cracker. She has like a little box of animal crackers right. and then the cut. It's like, what? Now, the thing that got me about that was because
1: she says that her dog swears by them. And it got me thinking, are they animal cracker, animal
0: crackers, or are her and her dog eating dog treats? I feel like they eat dog treats. Or, 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 no, no, I think they're actual animal crackers. I, I hope so. Because yeah. yeah. she offered,
1: she offered her one and i, I was... Sure thing. Happy tart. Anyway, um,
0: so then she has lunch with her former co-worker.
1: Congratulations to the five people who got that Happy Tart reference. We love you. That Orgasmo reference there. Shout out to the six people who know what
0: Orgasmo is. We love you. She meets up with Sally. Sally. That was more Adam's family, uh, reference there. Sally! Okay, Sally is
1: like the number two nicest character in this whole short, this whole episode.
0: Yes. so Sally, they have lunch, and, um... She tells her all that stuff, and Son like, "You should do it." And then we get into like one of my favorite scenes in the entire show. This episode, the, is, me,
1: me too. But I have I have
0: one nitpick about it. Um, basically, there's a fantasy. There's, she's having fantasies of the guy's death, but I do like the creative way of they doing it. Like it's at their location. Right, it's at their spot. It's not like they do like a shot of him in a totally different location. It's him across crossing the street outside the diner, getting hit by a car, comically. Obviously, not the real guy. Uh, then he's, she's like, "No, it's got to be a Mack truck, and a Mack truck hits him, and that's the best one." Yeah, so the truck just comes. But my my
1: only nitpick with it was, I think it could have been shot a little better. So it did. So the first one didn't quite feel not feel like like what. After the the first time he gets hit by the car, you definitely know it's a fantasy. But I feel like it kind of felt like one of those things where it's like, you know when you're watching a movie or a show and the character says something and then they cut to it actually happening to the other character that they're talking about? It felt like that, not a fantasy, until they cut back to her and then they cut back to him getting killed again. Then it hit me. But that initial first one to me, I think they could have done a slightly better job at making you understand that what you're seeing isn't real. Yeah. Like, I don't know, maybe like some, like, uh, some fucking like blur, you know, like how they do dreams. Like sometimes they'll like blur a little bit
0: or so, just some kind of indication. You and me had two different ideas in this. Cause I thought it was like, it's supposed to fool you into thinking he got really, and that's that fine.
1: But as, but like sometimes, sometimes tricking people can work and sometimes tricking people can just confuse. And for me, it
0: confused. Well, we'll agree. We'll, we'll agree to disagree with that. Um, then he stuffed in his face with the grossest meat I've ever seen in my life.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: That, that made... And he begins to
1: choke. You know, when she, before she finished her thought, I thought it was going to go like, um, I forgot the character's name.
0: Charlie Martin. No. No, 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 no. Kathy.
1: No, no. Sally. Wait. Okay. <laughs> no, 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 no. Not in this. Oh. Um, in uh, Monty Python's The Meaning of Life. The big guy, when he's eating all the food, yeah. and then it ends with him eating that really tiny tart, and that causes him to explode. Oh, yeah. I thought they were going to do, like, a more morbid version of that.
0: No, that has to be grossest meat ever. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, that, that meat was anyway. so disgusting. Where do you think they got it from? meat RS. us <laughs> all um, right, Bruce. Meanwhile, back at the strip club, Marno asks Kathy out again. And he's like, shh you feel that? And I'm guessing he means electricity. Uh, and she's like, fine, we'll go on a date. And then he says, let me introduce myself. Mr. Charlie Marno, pleased to meet you. Yeah.
1: Yeah, Yeah, this was the first moment where I was like, wait a minute, is he the penguin? Anyway. (laughs) So, we cut to the the first date. Oh, no, no, I'm not ripping on your impression. I'm just
0: saying, like, I, he looked very penguin-y. Yeah. Um, his nose kind of looked like the the penis nose from Nothing But Trouble. Dan Aykroyd has. You know what? Maybe,
1: maybe that's what happened. Maybe Demi Moore Pro- told Dan Aykroyd about the Jeffrey Tambor character, and that's inspired him
0: to make the dick nose yes. in Nothing But Trouble. Yeah. Okay. It's all coming back to me. Right. It's all coming around. Uh, anyway, so they have their first date. Ironically, they're watching uh, Jean Cocteau's 1946 Beauty and the Beast. I'm glad you just you know what that was because that actually
1: looks kind of cool. Like I don't wanted to watch it if it was real.
0: I believe it's a Criterion film.
1: Um, the which, the which, if uh, if you, if y'all play your cards right, maybe they'll review on the Criterion. Connection. Maybe you'll review it with me. No. Oh, okay. now I might do it. Um, I don't
0: know. Yeah. I'm interested. I'm interested. Yeah, I'll admit, so... I'll admit, I am interested. So, they're watching the theater screen. She's dressed way too nice to go to the movie theater. Oh, my and, God, yes. And Marno has um two jumbo popcorns. As you do. As you do. I mean, I can't feast. And then they have a large Chinese feast. And I'm going to be real, Scott. I wrote in my notes, he kind of laughs like Scott. Not laugh, but more of like you have to hit something because you're laughing. Yeah, no, no, no. Like I can definitely knee? see that.
1: Cause I was gonna say that sounds nothing like. No, me I, it's what I get. It's you're, more of the you mannerisms mean. you do. Yeah, yeah. I can, I can definitely see that. Um, and then they're dancing. He's lying on his feet. You know. Although nobody orders that much Chinese food. Like I don't care how fat you are, you are not going to be able to finish that.
0: But you'll be hungry twenty minutes later. That's the joke. I crazy. no no no. I know, but it's just like, it's like.
1: There's no way that dude's gonna finish that at all. I don't care how fat you are. Yeah. There's
0: always fucking leftovers. Yeah. So then she's t- he takes her, he walks her to her door, very romantic, and they get a good kiss goodnight. Oh, this was the best shot in the whole short. Yeah. The whole episode. She walks. So she so she goes inside. And so it's a great shot where he's walking towards her window just to kind of spiral her. And he's on,
1: like, cloud nine. Yeah. He's so happy. He got to kiss this beautiful woman. And, I mean, who wouldn't want kiss to kiss him me more, then or now? Yes. Just saying. And then she's puking her fucking guts out.
0: Funny enough, I think there's an error here because if you look at the sink before she pukes, there's not really a little throw-up in there. I mean, you know.
1: I guess, I, well, I guess we're using working vomit. Yeah. Not shooting vomit, you know?
0: Yeah, uh, I just, you know, I've noticed that. And
1: um, then again, she might have already. St- maybe she had already started vomiting and we caught the second up chuck.
0: Maybe. I don't know. But I noticed it. and But she pukes good chunks.
1: Right. I mean, but, is there anything to be more can't do well?
0: Um, no,
1: I don't know. Exactly. She's perfect.
0: Yeah. Anyway, so Marno's back at the club, and he's oh, this is one of my favorite lines. He's excited for tomorrow because he gets better looking every day. That's a great line. That's a great line there. Which is funny because,
1: truthfully, I think the the effect, like the like the the fattening of Jeffrey Tambor, I think it did look better with each progressing scene. Yeah. Maybe it's just me, but. The effect looked better. May you know what? Maybe that was a, a little. Maybe that was a little. A little reference to that. Maybe it's like, yeah, we got better with the effect over time.
0: Um, they probably filmed us in like a, a week. Um, but yeah, like, we, we learned that they've been on a few a few dates, and he's like, I want to marry you, and she's like, she's thinking of that inheritance, and she's like, Yeah, you know what? Sure, I'll marry him. And we learn something that he has an uncle that's worth a lot of money. Has a lot of land. Right. So so
1: now now that she knows this, she thinks, okay, that's the guy who's going to have all this money, and he's going to be rich, and as soon as he dies, fucking uh, Charlie? The guy.
0: Charlie will inherit money. Yeah,
1: Charlie, I couldn't remember his first name. Charlie will inherit that money, oh my God. and not long after he he gets the money, he's going to die.
0: We're we're, we're such terrible telling at the story because we forgot to mention what the what the prophecy was. The prophecy was that she would inherit money from Charlie,
1: who would inherit it from a rich relative. Yes, and not only that, not only that, but she was promised by fortune teller, she was promised that he she he was going to die not long after inheriting it. And violently. And violently.
0: Yes. So now we're all at the, at the same page. They get hitched, and they live in a very seedy apartment. Everything, ab- everything about them is what I
1: think people who do those, like, you know, take my wife, please jokes <laughs> think married life is. Because I'll be real with you. I've been married for three years now. I believe so yeah. 3 years now. And it's it it's never been that bad. I mean, there's always going to be moments in time where it's less exciting than others, but it's never felt that it's never felt anywhere close to that bad.
0: Yeah. And uh we get to a montage, which I think the song is Cheek the Cheek by Fred Astaire, which makes sense cuz that dance montage right. I do. I feel like they're doing like a Fred Astaire thing there. Yeah, and I actually did did like that.
1: I did like that little dance number that they did in in the little studio and everything. as like a a nod to those kinds of uh, movies. But, again, it was one of those things where, and I'll just say here, I really wish... One of them could have at least been a little bit more likable, or at least a little, have have a little be, bit more charm. It would have
0: to, it would have to be Charlie because I mean Martha, she's the villain,
1: right? And that was kind of what I was thinking going into this. Was I was under the impression that like, okay, he's gonna be a fat guy, but you know, he's gonna be really, he's gonna be nice, or he's gonna be charming. You know, he might like be accidentally mm-hmm. creepy, like he doesn't mean to, yeah. but you know, because of how he looks or whatever. But, like, there really wasn't any charm. He's kind of rapey. And for me, again, everybody's different. Everyone has their own interpretations. For me, that kind of took me out of it a little bit. I, I see him as more of, like, he's just aloof. He's just kind of an idiot. Yeah, but I don't like aloof people. Like, again, that's why I'm saying different people have their own views. Like, you may not particularly have a problem with people like that. So, for you, it's more... You know, it was more plausible, a little more palatable. For me, it was just like, I don't have anybody to like, not root for, but I don't have anybody to be like, eh, well, they've got a point or they've got, you know what I mean? I, I didn't have anybody that I could, I could at least look at as, as having any kind of high ground, which like, you know, sometimes works. But for me in this episode, it didn't quite work because I didn't really care if any of them lived or died.
0: It the for the crap. Someone's going to die. Anyway, uh, there's a line where during the montage where he's like, marriage is great, isn't it? And she's like, it's rich, isn't it? Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha. Anyway, so basically she's yeah, I, I like... Yeah, I did like that show because I'm thinking like, oh, she's stewing. Yeah. She stewing. And she's like, she doesn't want to have sex. She has a headache. And then this brings out, she asks about the uncle. And he's like, oh, he's out west with his family. And she's like, Family? Family and then Vin Diesel shows up and he's like, "Oh, family. shut the fuck up!" <laughs> he's like, fam- "Mumble, mumble, family." You know,
1: though, what I thought was going to happen, and I, and honestly, I actually like what they did over what I thought was going to happen. I thought they were going to do a thing where she, him, and her, she eventually does like bite the bullet and have sex with him, but he has a heart attack during sex and dies before. The uncle could die and give him the inheritance, so it goes to somebody else. Yeah, I thought that was the way it was gonna oh, go. Okay, could, kind of planting more seeds of like of what, what was the fortune teller's name? Vorma, Madame Vorma. I thought it was like gonna plant more seeds of is she lo- does she know does she not you know is, is she is she pulling strings is she bullshitting like and and I I kind of like. That they went the way they did. Yeah. But, you know, I still would like to see you know, the alternate version where I'm right. And that's
0: yeah. what they do. Anyway, so we're back to the fortune teller and she's getting her work all on. She's like, you know, working out. And then Moore's like, ah, screw you. And she walks out. And then we get the fortune teller. She breaks the fourth wall and starts talking to the camera. Right. She's like, Madame is always right. And uh, Kathy goes to the market and wins an award because she's the one millionth customer. And she wins one million dollars. I wish that was a thing. One million dollars. It's kind of funny
1: when you think, A, the time period that episode takes place in. And number two, it was just some regular ass diner it was, or store or whatever. It wasn't like...
0: You know what I mean? It was a grocery chain.
1: It said something chain. Like, I could understand if maybe she won, like, $10,000. But that makes you
0: think, if this is a chain, do they do this with
1: every single store in this chain? Right. Or is it, like, a small enough chain to where, like, it's still more probable? I don't know. The 50s. It's just one of those, it was just one of those things where, like... Post-World War II. Yeah, it was another one of those things where the time period kind of... You know, through certain things but also,
0: think about this. But it was fine. Think about this. Tales from the Crypt, they do treat it sometimes as like a, co- a living comic book. So you got, so there's a little suspension of disbelief there. True. Yeah. Um. So basically, she's like, I'm rich. And she's like, Madame Borma, you dumb. Madame Borma is a dumb bitch. Quote, that's a quotation. And she returns after shopping. She definitely went shopping. Right. I mean, if you want a million dollars, you can go shopping. Actually, first thing I'm
1: going to do is get me and my wife out of out of debt, then I'm going to go shopping. I might actually be able to, I might actually be able to, I might actually be able to buy a bag of chips after that.
0: Well, but you're not, you're not Kathy Marno. No, Kathy Marno Marno. comes home from shopping and she's like, the gloves are off pretty much. She's packing up. She's like, she's going to tell him what, what's on her mind. She really lets him have it. Uh, and she also pushes him down and basically throws money in his face. Like I don't need you. I got money. Right. Get sticky with Mickey. <laughs> That's for you, six people that have watched Matilda. And we love you. Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. She kind of like rubs it in his face and is kind of like. He's like, please don't go. Please don't go. And and it's one of those things where if she would have just gotten out of her own way and just left, instead of like if she would have just if she would have just sucked it up and just left she'd have been fine. Yeah. But she had to, but she had to, she had to, she had to, Push you it. know, she had to be a Billy badass about it. Had to be a fucking Timmy Toughnut. You know what? It's a lady, a Tina tough nuts. Yes.
0: And. A Barbara badass. And then he's like, please don't, basically grabs her, like, shh, do you feel it? Do you feel it? And she's like, never felt it. Mother effer. She didn't say that. And, um. Did you censor yourself on your own podcast? Yes. Since when do we do that? I don't know. So, he's, new, he's new rules. So he goes, I'm just changing it throughout the whole episode. He goes and grabs a knife and then grabs and she's like, no, put the knife down, put the knife down. He's like, okay, I'll put the knife down. And then he stabs the shit out of he, him.
1: Oh my God. he's just, He just, th- now the thing that, that got me with that one was just like, I don't know. This is the part where it felt really cliche to me and kind of really made me like, oh, this is what we're doing. Because it was just so like... I don't know. It just felt like nobody knew how to end it. So they are like, we'll just do the old, if I can't have you, no one can thing. But and it was great
0: stabbing. It was a great, no, the effect was marvelous. She pulls out the first one and just bless her Yeah, no, great. it looked great.
1: Also, I like how he like, he, per- he like pretended to not have a knife and it went nowhere. Like you think he would like pretend to have like, okay, okay, okay. Stab. Like, you would think that, but he kind of, like, Maybe. telegraphs it after hiding
0: it. I think it's more of, like, he's giving her, like, a last chance to change her mind. You know what I mean? And, then that, and, and you know what? That is, I mean, that's that's definitely a good possibility. Yeah, so she he stabs the shelver, and then we cut to her funeral, and the pastor, who's talking, just knows way too much about her dealings and motive. Yes. He's like, she buried him for a fortune. And she's like, what? Anyway. Like, it'd make more sense if, like, the Crypt Keeper
1: was reading it. Or Madame Madam Vorma Or Madame Vorma. Well, she, well, you know, we don't even know if she actually knows any of this
0: stuff. Yeah. She could have just, just been lying the whole time. Yeah, Charlie Marno is executed via electric chair, violently, and uh, they say Charlie's last meal was the largest anyone's ever had. That, that got me. Yeah. I laughed my ass. That was, that was funny.
1: But they also, no, no, and then they also mention, because we had to put that in there, otherwise Madame Varna, or Vorna, or whatever the fuck. Would, wouldn't have been hundred percent right. They had to randomly throw out the he inherited her million dollars after killing her. And I'm thinking, why would he inherit why would he inherit them after murdering her? I feel like that you don't do that. That's not right. You that's shouldn't. not how that works. You don't inherit you can't if here's the thing. If she got murdered, then I guess technically, yes, he but would the, inherit but, it.
0: But the murderer doesn't get the money.
1: Right. That's what I'm saying. If she was murdered by somebody else, I could understand that. But the fact that she he did the murdering, like no, it should go to like her next of her next of kin, not it, him. And then like also, it didn't even matter that he inherited because then he got arrested
0: and put in the electric chair. Yeah. And, so then like he, I said, but, there's, then then, but then the money's not left to her. Then who gets the fucking money? Um, I hope Al
1: does. Al the bartender, or or her one friend, Sally. Sally. Al. Sally. All the people with AL names are good in this. Except for,
0: except for uh, her boss. He's an asshole. Did he have an AL name? I don't know. Anyway, Madame Vorma watches this execution via television. Because they n- just televise
1: fucking executions like that. They sometimes do. If it's like a mass murderer.
0: They sometimes do. Maybe in the 50s. Maybe in the 50s they did really hardcore. I don't even think they would've in the fifties. I, mean, I would think I mean, in maybe the, in like, the eighteen fifties they had public hangings. <laughs> I'm just saying,
1: I, I I mean I could be wrong on this one, but it again, it's one of the it's one of those things where I think they picked and sh- picked and chose when they respected the time period they basically, were doing. Basically which they did it.
0: Basically boomers, if you're listening, please let us know how it was in the fifties.
1: And if you're the inspiration for this episode, fuck you. Because you made because <laughs> you made me watch it.
0: Oh screw you! I'm uh, kidding. A new customer enters and asks if she can tell the future, and Warren was like, "Yep," and that's the end of the episode. You know,
1: at first, because he, he didn't get a good look at her, I thought it was Sally. I thought it was Ooh. her friend, and I thought that was kind of an interesting thing. And then that you get closer, like, "Oh, this is just some lady." And yeah, like, that's
0: a, that's that's the what I would say is the wait, thing. Wait, with wait, this wait, wait, but here's the thing: Sally was the one that recommended to Kathy to go there. So Sally's already been there. That doesn't necessarily mean it's true. She could have just heard from somebody that she was there. I don't remember. I think she said something about like how... She may have. She told the future for Sally but it was like a small thing. Right. But still, like... Hold on. Maybe she told something to Sally because she knew Kathy was going to come in. Maybe they're in coots. Oh, shit. See, that's the thing Maybe the boss is also in coots. That's
1: the thing about this episode. This episode is like... There's so much potential to tell other more interesting stories with these characters. And even even though I think one of them needed to be more likable, even with them as they are, there were so many. There was so much potential to tell better stories and go in better directions with this episode. That's why I can't hate this episode. This isn't a bad episode. This is an episode full of, I feel an episode with good
0: intentions, but missed opportunities. Okay. Um, anyway, 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 before I have to do my closing segment before we talk oh. about the episode, closing segment, okay. Poor Kathy, she did buy the big one, and that Charlie, what a cut up. Still, he wasn't sad at the in the end. You see, when Charlie got his just desserts, cause he's fat, he suggested, sorry, he requested seconds. And now I predict the future. Next week, you'll be here at the same time, same place, same station for another hideous, hateful hall of horror. That's the that's the theme music, and that's the end of the episode. I'm I think I liked it a little more than you did. Oh, that's that's definitely I can definitely agree with that. Yeah, it's just, I think you, I don't know, maybe I'm just so used to how Tales from the Crypt is. And That's possible.
1: I think, like I said, for me, I think it was not, the, it was a good cast for this story. I think parts of it, a good amount of it was done really well. I think there were certain things that I felt were missed opportunities. Uh, I think they missed, I think they missed the mark by not making Charlie... Uh, more likable, they didn't have, he didn't have to be a totally likable guy, but I think he should have had more positive traits, so he wasn't a more like, redeeming character it's a, in other words, it's one of those things where it shouldn't be someone it, to, to, to do the story the way they did it I feel like it would have made it would have been a more interesting story to make him a nicer guy, so that when he does go crazy at the end, it's more of a twist rather than a foregone conclusion
0: what, 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 you, what, would that be unfair to him if he got executed? Well, he still murdered somebody Okay, okay, okay. You still
1: murder... No, I'm saying he could still murder her at the end. What I'm saying is, because he's kind of not a good person throughout the whole thing, him killing her isn't all that shocking. Like I said, it's a foregone conclusion. At least if he was a nice guy and could put up with her bitchiness, then it comes off like a little... Like, almost like a combination of, like, it comes out of nowhere because he's been such a nice guy... But also, it could be kind of like him, like he's ty- He knows she only wants him for his money, and he's been putting up with her being a bitch this whole time. And you know, he can't take it anymore, kind of thing. So you could, or you could do it as just like a man snapping, he's or or, or or you know, you shake up
0: the the bottle, the soda so much to where eventually it, it explodes. He's not gonna take it. No, he ain't gonna take it. He's not gonna take it anymore. Um, except for he'll take some more food. Well, like you
1: said, I like the characters. I mean, I mean, Demi Moore and Jeffrey Tambor did great. I thought. Uh, um, uh, I'm not gonna say her name because I can't remember. But, the uh, uh Madame Vorna. I thought she was. I thought she was an underutilized character yeah, in I this agree. episode. I think they could have done more with her. And her I dog. Know, and the thing is, I know it's so easy. Chashki, Chashki, That's the dog's name. name. And I know, like, someone will will say, like, well, it's only a half hour episode. Yeah, but there were things that they could have focused
0: more on
1: and not on things that they... But you also, got you also
0: got to think about the director. The director is, you know, he did a lot of John Hughes stuff. And I do like the stuff they do, like the, uh, the Fred Astaire thing. Like they, they do like little things to kind con- of... Right. I mean, it makes it feel like it's a little more comedic. Yeah, but again,
1: it's kind of hard... Uh, with the tone being the way it is, and again, it always helps, in my opinion to have some kind yeah. of charismatic character to really make you realize Tchotchke. what you're seeing when you're, well Chachki wasn't wasn't doing a dance number with Demi Moore now was he I would watch the shit all that. Know, Oh dude if it, if it, if she fell in love with Chachki instead of fucking Charlie you'd have a much better Chachki Marno Um we're going
0: to reboot all these tough Force cut episodes it's just going to be you and me doing like all the cat all the characters <laughs>
1: But yeah, no, I, like I said, it's a fine episode. I just think some things could have been rearranged. Some things could have been tweaked a little or in certain cases done differently, but I don't, I, the, the foundation, the bare bones and muscle is good. I just think it could have used better skin.
0: That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, I guess that's it. That's our thoughts on this episode. The premiere episode of season two. Thank you all for joining us for this. We got seventeen more episodes of season two to go through. Right. It's gonna be a long one. Cause I'm not a- doing all seventeen, mind you. No, like. yeah. Oh, we already have what's planned next week. We have a special guest, Gary Carper's back. Where he's doing the Switch. Let me say it again without, uh, yeah, hitting puberty.
1: Uh, it's called the Switch. Yeah. You know that video game console that you couldn't buy for the longest time because scalpers ruined it for us. Yes.
0: Um, before we close out, do you have anything to plug, Scott?
1: Uh, you know, just the huge Meteor King, way a nice band, meteorking.bandcamp.com. You can find links all over social media. Uh, we're everywhere. So if you can think it, we are there. Uh, also there you can get merch. We got shirts, stickers, patches, uh, CDs. Uh, we're also on Spotify. So you can listen to us there. Um, so follow us on all those. You Especially know, cause
0: there's a new album coming out.
1: That is true. We have our new album, Deep Crimson coming out soon. So, uh, when we know it's coming out, we will tell you when it's coming out. Uh, my wife and I, we have our stickers store, uh, Scotland Yard Stickers. You can find us on Instagram, and it's an Etsy shop. But if you go to our Instagram, follow it, and there will be a link to the Etsy in the description. Um, beyond that, I got nothing else.
0: Well, for Tales from Podcrypt, Tales from Podcrypt on Instagram, guys.
1: Oh, yeah. what so you got to do.
0: Also, since it's a podcast, give us a five-star review and stuff like that. Right. Maybe... Oh, wait a
1: minute. <clears throat> I have an Instagram. Follow my Instagram,
0: mkscottmcp. Yeah, and you can follow my personal stuff at suedeguy. And uh, I'm trying to think of anything else. Uh, our YouTube, Minkadish Productions, youtube.com slash Minkadish Productions. I am slowly updating, uploading all the podcasts. Um, for Tales from the pirate I'm slowly upgrading it, I'm putting them on there and stuff like that.
1: It's not as easy a process as it's... It's one
0: of those things like we're still testing the wires and we get more listeners on this and more listeners on that. We're trying to see everything. So I'm slowly putting them on there. Uh, YouTube.com slash Make Production. Subscribe and share. But until... And smash that like button! Smash that like, like, like button! Anyway. So, thank you all for listening and we'll see you next week with the Switch.